Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's, I guess, Tuesday morning. I have to go off to D.C. today. Let me say a few words about the Tefillah podcast. Um, as always, from Mishpah Stavansky. A lot of people wrote me, interestingly, about Ravion Yenu and all that. I'd just like to... And I had a couple of interesting conversations with people in person, online. And uh, let me uh, share with you, you know, fruits of some of these conversations. Uh, because it's it's a thoughtful business. You know, <clears throat> I read, I think, Rashi last time and so forth. Ravion in Rivenu has two distinct, at least for us today, certainly, probably always, two distinct issues. Ravion Yenu is seeing our, our pain. I'll get back to that in a second. Oni. Uh, Enoi, rather. Excuse me. Enoi. And Riva Rivenu is of Riva fighting. When they talk about pre-Messianic era, like Rashi does, or anti-Semitism, like Abishad's, or personal crises, Middle East, things like that, you're emphasizing the Riva Rivenu. And to tell you the truth, I'm not a psychological type guy. I'm not into psychology, all the rest of it. I respect the profession when it's done professionally, but, I, you know, that's not who I am. And therefore, as a historian and maybe a politically engaged, interested person, which is, seems to be the case of most Rishonin. I'll tell you where I'm going with this. Uh, I spoke to one or two people out of town, uh, nameless, who are going through a lot of depression problems. And, uh, I mean, really. And, there's blocks, uh, how should I put it, blocks necessary advances in life. Franklin D. Roosevelt, very famously said in his inaugural speech, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, nameless, unreasoning terror, which converts necessary efforts to advance and to retreat. He didn't write that, a Jewish guy wrote that, uh, Benjamin uh, Rosenman, his speechwriter. But it's a Gavaldi Gavort. If that's true, the United States in 1933 in the middle of the Depression, that's the economic depression. Is Kalvachomer true today in many individual lives where all kind of people have these depression issues? And I'm not only speaking about people, you know, quote-unquote, that you say, oh, well, a person can't get ahead in life, all the rest of it. There is stuff out there. Sometimes it may be the result of some bad thing that happened in the past. Sometimes, you know, I don't know. I'm not a shrink. Sometimes the other way. But this is exactly where I'm going. This is a field that was written thousands of years ago. One of the things, Ferdinand Sassur famously said, all of mankind is imprisoned in the, in the prison house of language, which means there are things out there, but, you know, some people are inarticulate and unable to express it, or we use different terms to express it, but mental pain, emotional pain, has always been out there. Always been out there. Um, they didn't have Sigmund Freud stuff in the time of Anche against Agdola, but Inu, you had people suffering issues they had. And throughout Jewish history... Um, throughout Jewish history, the old-fashioned traditional way, well, there are two ways. Well, it's one to say like this, Hashem help me. That's one way. But you want to know something, somebody who's suffering from pain, 
or it's in the throes of an addiction. And addiction's been around forever. Just the word addiction came up recently. These kind of issues, people being stuck with these issues, have been around forever. Didn't Leon and Modena say back in the 1600s, without using the word, he says, I have a gambling addiction. He writes himself, you know, can't help it. So we can use the word Yetzirah, you can use this, that, and the other. But it's always been around. The only thing is, you have to have a certain ability to step out of yourself and, and look back and survey the what's happening to you, which is not so easy to do for everybody. Some, it's easy, some it's not. And say, here's my problem in life. Rabbanu Shalom, help me with this problem. That I think is very likely Re'evion Yenu. As I mentioned before, it doesn't seem to be, although you could read it that way, it's a national kind of prayer. Um, it certainly could be read that way. But I don't know. It's, it, and, and it's possible to argue, as I did last time, that that may have been an original version of what later on became elaborated in, uh, you know, in Tekah and Hashim Shavtenu, and Lirushalayim Ircha, and Tzemach from a historicist perspective. But putting that aside, because who knows? You never know, it's just a suggestion. You don't know. Revan Yenu, certainly in, in our time in the 20th and 21st centuries, when we become much, much more sensitized and much more aware of the human psyche, and the fragility, and emotional situations, and being hooked and addicted on things like that. So it's not a Vorden losers or anything like that. It's a very common kind of uh, issue. So, you know, they had that thousands of years ago. I mean, you had to have Moshe Rabbeinu. I wouldn't say the Chumash talks about it, because that's not the rhetorical style of the biblical times. But once in a while it is. And when they talk about Enoi especially... Um, it's a mental pain. Vayaris on Yenuvis, Lachatsenuvis, you know, Amaleno. Understand this well. What's the difference between on Yenu, Lachatsenu, Amaleno? I ain't going just with the Malvin to What's really happening? The slaves in Egypt, and I'm using that as an example because it's in the Chumash, they had Lachatsenu, they had Amaleno, that's hard labor. But it was a psychological bomber, Gadol to be a slave in Egypt under the whiplash, under the lash of the person, and you're helpless in somebody else's hands. You know, the Jewish people, when they say they're hovering in the Memtesh Shari Tumah, it could mean, if you think it through, that they were getting more and more involved in idolatry. That's the easy way out. Or you could say, they were just descending into Yush, which makes even more sense, because it's been so long since they've been free. And to you should sell, you just give up every. You just give up life. You just go with the flow. So it's not like the person became convinced of the truth that God's of Egypt. You just go along because it's too hard to fight. And to tell you the truth, you just give up of all hope, you know, of, of ever getting out of it. There's psukim today. It escapes me at the moment when I'm sitting here. But, you know, people said it's it's, it's a car of Kitsenu or whatever. You know, it's all over. It's all over. And Moshe Rabbeinu had the job, among other things, at that time, to try to spark plug that mental thing and to get out of the Onyenu. So it says, Vayaris Onyenu, and so forth. And I think that, you know, in, in midrashically, that's one way of reading a Pasuk. Midrashically, it says, when they threw the kids in the river. I mean, the, the pain, the anguish. I did yesterday this thing from uh, Hirschsprung. The anguish there, when you see your people 
being randomly uh, killed and tortured and things like that. Aside from the physical of being under Hitler, it's just the mental. It can, it can easily break people. Me, myself, and I, my father, I mentioned the other day, told me I remember some things, that um, he uh, he lived in Shavuot, I've said many times, and he was a gavir over there, and there were these two sisters who uh, who were orphans. My father married one, this guy Fisher married the other, and they ran the business over there. Prophet's business, okay? It's my father on the one hand, this other guy named Fisher. When this and then came to war, and they ended up in a ghetto. And somehow they survived the ghetto, which was 41, 42, 43, and then the beginning of 44. At that time, and my father was mostly important in that, I won't go into the details, helped him get food and all this other shit. But then they were transferred to concentration camp, which is really a kind of a death camp. In one form or another, in Stutthof, um, then Dachau. Well, this guy was built in such a way that emotionally meant, and psychologically, this guy Fisher, who came from a, a refined family. If I remember the story, I'm going back many years. I'm straining my memory, but if I remember correctly, came well brought up, probably from a prosperous background, unlike my father. And no, there's no hard scrabble stuff in his life. I don't want to use the word he always had a silver spoon in the mouth, but something like that. So the bottom line is when he came, I think it was the Dachau, like the first day or the second day, he just dropped dead. And he wasn't in bad shape because they were able to get food all these years in the ghetto. The horrors of what he witnessed was just too much for him. And he checked out. He just died from checking out. And what's that? That's Onyenu. You get it? It's not Lachatzenu. It's not Amaleno. It's not like the Germans put him to, to do the heavy labor. That was coming down the road. He never got it. My father went through that. But uh, you understand what I'm saying? The the mental pain, the psychological pain, was too much. And there's plenty of people that died that way. And today in America, we do have a different situation, obviously. But you know something? When it comes to this business of personal language in someone's life, for a lot of reasons. You know, I mean, I, there's so many reasons it could happen. That's why I'm always scared. I'm always scared to send my kid off to a, a summer camp or something. Who knows what kind of mission is going over there? You know, or one of these, one of these situations. Uh, the, the mind is fragile. And unless you learn to toughen it up, um, and you're able to do that, then you have a lot of Eno in life. And sometimes it expresses itself in, uh, you know, failure to launch and all those kind of terms that they've come up with these days. And I think the Ravion Yenu is mamish, you know, almost like laser-like uh, 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 towards that. You won't find this kind of interpretation in Rashi and those kind of places because that's not the rhetoric that they used in the Middle Ages. If somebody was feeling the way I just described... They would see as a Marashchira, a Ruach Ra, things like that. They didn't know why. They just knew he has it. They see the symptoms. Uh, and, it was, they, and they would say he's possessed by some kind of demons or devils. And they meant it. Some kind of devil, a shade in, whatever you want. You know. I knew exactly how they had And in ages past, before he had modern uh, psychology and all that, which of course has had to proceed in a trial and error way, and there are plenty of bad strings out there 
but they're also good ones. Last night I went to a wedding of a granddaughter of a friend of mine who was a, he's no longer alive, he's an A-plus shrink. Uh, the, if you just had in earlier ages, I, I'm only speaking here historically, sometimes a person has a natural gift for it. The way I read the stories, for example, of the Baal Shem Tov, it seems aside from everything else, aside from the Ruchnias, the Arizal stuff and all, besides that, as far as I can tell on the historical sources, it seems that he just had a natural gift for this kind of business, for the people with the Inui, right? With the Onyenu. Uh, and that's probably why a lot of people flocked to him. Now, others did so for religious reasons. And I'm not saying the two are not, you know, are not connected, but they're not identical. To be a religious leader is one thing. To be a person who can help psychologically is a different thing. And there have been many, understand this well, there have been many Gedolis role, just like there are many people who suffer with depression. You see? Uh, sometimes a lot, sometimes a little. And, you know, one tendency is for the Oilam to say, oh, don't even say it, you know, it's all yeah. But they themselves write it. There you can see, if the Rambam says, for example, that when his brother died, it freaked him out so much that he was out of commission for a year, or when his son later was sick, and he looked like he might not make it, his only son, Avram ben Rambam, he did make it in the end, but went through a period where he might not, again, like the Rambam collapsed or something like that. This is what he writes himself. And so, you know, that, that put him in ways of depression. Uh, we saw Salantra, the Dovriyadu was always fighting with the depression which he himself ends up writing about. He calls it the Kokos Akehim, the dark forces within people. These are, are people without what we call modern scientific stuff. See, in our time, they picked up the, the language of science. Okay, with the minuses and the pluses. There are minuses to this language of science and the pluses. But you need it. If somebody comes to a rabbi today and says, I have this problem, this problem. And I'm talking about issues of pain in their life, Depression, maybe it was, like I said before, maybe it was caused by something somebody did to them, whatever it is. So a person, so the first thing you got to do is get the person a, 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 a good professional help. That's See how I'm talking? That's the language you use nowadays. Because the rabbi himself isn't trained for this, per se. And all you're doing is shooting off your uh, hip. And you think, you know what you're doing? And, you know, maybe one in a hundred, you get it right. Ninety now, a hundred, you won't get it right. You see? Um, and uh, anyway, you get what I'm saying. It's a point. So when he says, it turns out the Geula, we're talking about here, now not, I'm not talking about the Rivari Venu, although if I wanted to, homiletically I could spin it, but the Onyenu is really interesting. By the way, the word for rape is Inui. Vayaneho. It's very interesting because it's, it's the uh, the mental scar, more than the physical scar. You understand? Uh, it's 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 fascinating because we do have Inui is what you call PL, PL Puel. You know, you're a little bit of dictuk. Uh, that's the Inui. Uh, but in Kal and Nifal, it's Ona. Ona is 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 a natural process. You know, a Shiruksusiv and also. It's a. I don't want to go into this in the in a, in a family podcast, but there's a difference between Ona and Inui. Right, and it's it's the psychological aspect, and the, and the pain more than anything else. So, as a nation, the Kali's rolls in Gaulus. As a nation, we have plenty of issues, and interestingly, 
as far as I can see in the Shimon Esrei, um, there's no paragraph that talks about our collective yush or our collective depression as a nation, right? That, you know, uh, I think, is, 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 is it in Eich or some of Amarti, Ovad Sivri or something like that? You know, people can say, I give up hope as a nation. And the Haftorahs were reading uh, these weeks. Talk like that. Vatomer, Tzion Azavani, Hashem, Hashem Shrechoni. I mean, what does that mean? Is a claw, he's has a depression. Azavani, Hashem, Hashem Shrechoni. God has abandoned me and forgotten about me. That's almost like worse in, in some ways. I mean, the physical tortures is obviously the things we focus on. And in our modern culture, we're obsessed on physical uh, damage. You understand? In the modern culture, more than anything else, the physical is 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 is, is given primacy. Matter of fact, I can I can sue you using the language of modern science if you ca- cause me emotional damage because you know the the science will call that pain. But so does the Torah, and so does Ravion Yenu. Um, and I'll say it again, you know, is this a widespread phenomenon? And a person could come from a rich family, just something could come, some reason or another could happen, they could suffer with these problems, he or she. And it's also true that even if one isn't what you call clinically depressed, they might have painful situations. Imagine, God forbid, let's say a parent has an issue with a kid. I'm just going to make something up. I'm just making this up. Suppose some, uh, suppose, I mean, this happened a generation or two, I mean, uh, 70, 80 years ago, all the time. Imagine from people coming over from Europe. Let's say, for example, Poland, Lit, or something like that. They come to America, and the kids come totally not from... What kind of anguish was there? Besides everything on the part of the parents. Now, that's not a clinical thing, and it's not that the person had some kind of issue. They simply went with the flow, and the Americanization process usually involved giving up the Yiddishkeit, and a person just had to get used to it. So the, the anguish over there is not a Sigmund Freud type Zach. It's, it's an existential reality. Again, if someone's kids marries out, this could happen. And a parent really cares about it from a parent. It's not a Sigmund Freud issue. You understand? It's a reality issue. It's an existential problem. In other words, there's a reason a person feels the anguish. But the pain is a terrible pain. Now, where is this addressed in the Shema Nesri? Well, I just said before. Shema Koleinu, maybe. That's too general. That's very national. That's focused on a physical return to Israel, a physical rebuilding of the Malchus HaMashiach, a physical changing of Jerusalem, etc., etc. Hashib Shevtenu, again, that's based on a physical you know, restoration of a basin system and things like that. That doesn't help what we're talking about. Uh, again, it's a physical type of ge'ula. So where's the ge'ula I'm talking about? Which is a mental one, emotional one. But it doesn't mean that it's less real. The only thing is, it's highly individualistic. See, that's the thing. When we talk about a national goal, that's something we all feel together. If somebody has a personal situation in their life, whether, as I just said before, an existential situation, or not, or if they have one of these emotional things, which could be the result of bad chemistry in their mind. You know, like I said before, I'm not a doctor, 
There's all kinds of reasons for it. Uh, it's not a national goal, but it's an individual goal, if you follow what I mean. The person is not where he needs to be, or she's not where she needs to be. That's a different type of goal. But it's not a less important one. Matter of fact, it's the opposite. In some degrees, it's a more important one, because I cannot participate as a full member of the Seaboard if I'm not normal, if I'm not, if, if, if things, you know, if, if uh, you know, my psyche, my emotions, everything else is not where they need to be. If I'm normal, quote unquote, and I don't have these problems, then I can face the national problem, which we as colleagues all face, which is today you say, you know, Israel and the Arabs, or there's no base on Mignition, all that kind of stuff, which are definitely real problems, you know. You don't need me to tell you that. But if I myself am going through through a gullish bubble of my own in my own mind, my own emotions, again, I know cases, me and myself, I mean, I know cases where it's a result of abuse, and things like that. But that's not the only case at all. That's just one example. That person is suffering a gullish internally. They're suffering an eno in Vayaris on Yenu. So forget the Amalenu, Vlachatzenu, and all the rest of it. As bad as that is, Right? As bad as that is, you have other prayers for that. Where does somebody find the outlet uh, to talk to God to discuss what I'm talking about over here? Which is, for that person, individual, actually the most important thing in their life. The, the most important thing in their life. Uh, it's way more important. The person suffering from that, to, to get past that, is way more important than the Mashiach coming. Uh, you know, it, may, it may be hard for some people to understand that. And I hope you never do understand. But for that individual, the Rabbanu Shalom has so arranged issues in his or her life that that takes way precedence of whether Beis Hamidrash comes tomorrow because you can't function sometimes. You, can, you know, you, 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 you're, you're just suffering. And we can't say, put aside your own suffering and think of everybody else's. You know, that's ridiculous. Uh, uh, the human being is physically made that. Made that way. Imagine somebody again, somebody suffering a terrible physical pain. You say, "Well, don't think about your, you know, let's say for argument's sake, you know, his his finger hurts, his his his, his foot hurts, his stomach hurts, whatever. I don't know, some physical zah. Now you hear a lot about back problems. You know, uh, somebody has one of those slip discs. Just don't say this. Well, put your thing aside because you're just one person, and think about cholesterol. That's ridiculous." You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's so stupid. You, you get it? It's so stupid. This is the reason why I don't like when people talk the Holocaust happened for this reason, that reason. It doesn't take into account, you know, the the the, the pain that people felt and even, you know, afterwards. The emotional pain. Imagine somebody went through the war. I mean, I know a lot of people like this. And they survived the war. No, no they didn't. They're emotionally scarred after the war. You know, because let's say somebody saw his kids get killed or something like that. You know, it's all these cases. Don't say, I guess, well, don't think of your thing. Stand in a larger picture. That's so supercilious. It's so ridiculous. And I think it's just very interesting. When you look at it from that angle, then you have this prayer, which which is very interesting because you say, I've done my share of sins. But on the other hand, a person I'm talking about who's suffering the way I said it is basically saying like this, <laughs> my problem is not that I'm not doing a virus, or I'm doing a virus. My problem is I'm suffering from Inui, from mental Inui. The person who says like this, I mean, this is real. The person says like this, 
Yes, it's true, but I haven't been in Shul in three weeks. I haven't put on Tefillin or Davin in three weeks. And therefore, I'm going to say, now that I'm showing God, I'm But the truth of the matter is, the reason I didn't go for Shul three weeks is I didn't get out of bed for three weeks. I'm just lying there with the depression. That person does not have to worry about the fact that he didn't die for three weeks. That person, I mean, the Rabbi Shalom not holding that. person has to say like this, I need a geula. I need a redemption from that because a regular, you know, cure doesn't quite do it. You need mamsha geula. Now, we live today in a secular time. And by that, I mean, we look at sickness and things like this from a secular perspective. If you're from Jew, you also throw in the from one. So you need a good doctor, but then you dive in that the doctor should be my slave. That's the from position that's more or less worked out. So nobody today says, I guess, I know somebody has a serious illness and they say they need an operation, but I'm not. I'm going to tell them not to do the operation, just dive in. You know, uh, I've heard the Breslovers like that or something like that. I don't know, you know, Christian scientists. Nobody says that, or nobody normal. All the big had operations. <laughs> but a religious person says like this, I know that the science by itself can't do the trick. It has to be science with the Siata Ishmael. Because even the biggest surgeon in the world, the biggest doctor in the world, can screw up. It happens all the time. It's just a matter of percentages. So don't don't make me one of the bad percentage. Maybe one of the good percentage. Fine, I get that. But the uh, so similarly, if someone has the enoid, the the the, the inner gullus, the, the, the whatever the expression are nowadays, clinical depression, this, that, and the other, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, schizophrenia, well, who knows? I say I I'm not comfortable with the language because I don't know it well. But but I've seen the results of it. So that person needs a gaula, because um you need a redemption in the sense that you have to take yourself totally out of it. And if the person is Zoha to get out of that, then um he has a, then he can say Atoshim you know, to you have to be grateful for. And sometimes the problem that has to be managed. I simply wanted to bring out that um you know don't you don't have to think, you know, within the old models alone, but you have to in my opinion, for davening, which has to be real, you're talking to God, you have to take the new stuff and integrate it into the old. And it so happens over here that Bravanyenu Inoi today that onyenu, various onyenu eslachatinu, is a big item, and we see it all around us if you open your eyes, if you open your eyes. And uh, like I said before, nobody is able to become part of the Tzibur and worry about the goals of Kali Yisrael and say the other parts, Hashiva Shevtenu, all the rest of it, unless they get past the Onyenu. Uh, and that's just real. Like I said before, you cannot criticize somebody for not going to Shul if they don't even get out of bed. You see, if they're just lying there, uh, and we've had, like I said before, Nachum Bressel, you know, there, 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 people talk about their own depression and and fighting it. And uh, anyway, you get the general point. I don't want to go too long, but I think that's a very important aspect of the prayer of Avionyenu Once again, as always, I want to thank Mishpach Stefanski, and uh, I have to go off now out of town. 
for sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.